This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Thanks for listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. I'm going to have a shorter episode about uh, dystocia right now. I am limited because my recorder tells me I have 26 minutes of recording time available. So it's going to have to be relatively short and sweet. Um, Dystocia is like our fancy doctor word for uh, difficulty delivering a baby. Uh, for any any species really um so that's what i'm going to talk about a little bit here and you know it's one of those things that like you have to kind of experience and just like you get used to it it happens and uh you you know baby's gotta come out so i'm gonna talk about that again limited to 26 minutes according to my uh battery indicator and how much time I've got left on my recorder. So uh, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to help spread the word, uh, please share with your goat loving friends and uh, subscribe, rate and review on Apple podcasts or your favorite podcast player app of choice. You can find me on the internet at goatdoc.com. You can email me at goatdoccara at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at goat underscore doc. And uh, you can uh, check out the discord server, which is uh, go talk with a goat doc. And I gotta, I will try to remember to put links to all those things in like the show description on my podcast thingy, you know, where it tells about what I'm talking about. Gotta get better at that. Um... That's, I'm not going to talk too much about other stuff right now on my way to work. Um, and uh, this podcast is provided with the intent to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice or veterinary care provided by your primary vet. And I strongly encourage you to establish and maintain a current and valid VCPR, veterinary and client patient relationship with your local vet. One of the reasons it's good to do that is in the uh, occasion that you have a dystocia that you are unable to handle by yourself, then you can call your vet because, I mean, to the best of our abilities, we are only so many limited numbers of people. Um, I am only one person, but if I uh, have a client that has a dystocia and I can get there to help them, you better believe I'm going to. So keep your keep your vet relationship going it is more important now in this period of time than it ever has been in my lifetime uh so dystocia what causes dystocia what does that mean what do we do uh dystocia just means that there is difficulty delivering the baby like i already said um dystocia can be caused by like malpresentation of the uh fetus to the birth canal uh to the to the vagina through the pelvis um and can be caused by fetal maternal mismatch so that means that the fetus is too big for the mom that's probably the the worst case scenario um because that often ends up with like a c-section um can be caused by I mean rarely I have I say this I 
we're, we tend to be a superstitious lot in vet med, so I like am scared to say this out loud when I say rarely um, have something like a, a weird uh, like embryonic development where you have some like there's no nice way to say like fetal monster where you have a, a fetus that has developed abnormally. You can have I feel like I see more pictures of cows doing this than goats. Uh, you know like multiple legs, multiple heads. You can have a thing called a schistosoma reflexa, if I remember that correctly. I'm going to have to Google after. Um, where the body wall doesn't fully form and the the fetus is has like all the parts, but they're not contained by the body. Um, so that's a problem. Um, yeah, so those kinds of things also can cause dystocia. And then how how is the baby going to come out? Uh, because... That is the biggest thing about uh, pregnancy, mammal pregnancy, and labor parturition is that it's got to come out. It can't stay in there. Um, so yeah, we sometimes we have to help facilitate that uh, action to happen. And how do we do that? Um, I think I've talked in, in the past about uh, like kidding supplies to have on hand. Have lots of lube have like the gallon thing of OB lube, um, at least. If you don't have that and you're in a pinch, have some like soapy water. Um, I've heard of people using like vegetable oil in a pinch, something that is going to make things slippery. There, and I think I've talked about this in the past too, uh, there's a product called J-Lube, uh, which is a powder and is supposedly like the most slippery thing ever in the world, but I am scared of it because if it, uh, if you have a dystocia and you've used J-Lube to try to lube things up and get the fetus out and then you can't and you have to go to a C-section, contaminating the abdomen with J-Lube often calls causes uh, terminal peritonitis. So like just inflammation and infection of the inside of the abdomen and uh, it's, it's can be really hard in a, in a C-section in the field to not get birthing goo, at least some of it inside the abdomen. Um, you know, you're in the barn, you are not in like a really controlled, nice surgical sterile environment. Um, you often have limited hands, like it's hard. Um, so J lube, I got scared off of in vet school when I learned about that. And I was just like, you know what? If it's a C-section, it's a C-section. That's what you got to do. Um, dystocia, like, I always will think of this. I've talked in the past about the woman that we got our first goats from um, and how when we had our first does uh, pregnant and we, uh, you know, we're like, well, we've never kitted goats before. How do we prepare for this? And I spent a weekend with her kidding goats. And one of the things that always stuck with me <laughs> that weekend was like, hell weekend for, for kidding goats. So it was, lots of things went wrong. Uh, there were dystocias, there were like premature babies, there's all this stuff. Um, and then the, uh, but one of the things is like the baby's got to come out, whether it is like, you know, the baby has to be repositioned or, whatever's going on in any case, it's got to come out. 
there's uh, it can't stay in there forever no matter what it seems to think that it would like so your job if you have a dystocia in general like goats are pretty darn good at getting babies out crap I just missed my exit um, that like the vast majority of kiddings are uncomplicated goats are good at making more goats but uh, the ones that need help need help. And the more goats you deliver, the, the more you kind of have an idea beforehand that there's going to be a problem and are, like, ready to intervene sooner, I guess is the thing. And more quickly and readily make that judgment call of when to intervene. I think people can get lulled into like a false sense of security because goats are really good at delivering babies. One of our first goat uh, goats that kitted at our house, maybe like the second or third goat that kitted at our house, after I had like experienced some kittings with our goat mentor, um, she was in labor and um, was pushing a little bit and then you know I kind of did a little vaginal and I couldn't feel anything right but I felt like something was wrong because she wasn't progressing Um, so I called our goat mentor and I was like I don't feel anything and she's like well it's got to come out and so I this was (laughs) funny enough like one of the first kids I delivered was like my least favorite uh, presentation of a like kid that needs help because it's a dystocia it can't come out without help um, with the head back. Ugh, so annoying. Um, so I had to, you know, it's hard and it's scary, but you got to suck it up and go in there and figure out what the tangle is and get it sorted out. The sooner you do that in the labor and delivery process, the easier it's going to be. Um, birth fluid is lubricating. Um, the longer an animal, a doe, is in labor and pushing, she's going to continue. The uterus is going to continue to contract. She is going to continue to push all that uh, nice lubricating birth fluid out of her uterus and vagina. And then the longer that just kind of hangs out there, things get really dry and sticky and um, makes it really hard, (laughs) makes it a lot harder. And then you have to get a lot more lubricant going on. Um, the uterus, whether the dough is actively pushing or not, the uterus does continue to contract down. I've gone to some, uh, dystocias where like the labor had been going on for a while and the dough has stopped actively contracting because she's exhausted and she's not making any progress. So she's definitely uncomfortable. Um, but when I like stick my hand in there, it's just dry and it's like, it's like sandpaper. It's just, you know, there's nothing moving. There is so much friction. It makes it that much harder to, uh, get that delivery done. Um, so you got to pump a bunch of lube in there. Um, so there's some good diagrams on the internet about like different presentations of kids. And I think I've talked about this in the past. Normal kid delivery, um, can be, you know, face forwards with at least one forelimb out. Uh, goat kids are very floppy and streamlined and mobile, um, and like squishable. They are made to fit through that pelvic canal and slide on out into the world. Is it a tight fit sometimes? Yes, absolutely. Especially that tissue of the vulva in first freshening does where it hasn't been stretched out really yet. Um, and some, there can be like tearing, you know, these things can happen, but, um, 
the the like rate limiting or size limiting factor of uh, a goat delivery is not that tissue of the vulva or any of the soft tissue structures really it is uh, the size of the pelvic canal uh, because the bone bones and bones are you know unless they're gonna fracture um, they that's what you know your size is is limited by it's that opening of the pelvic canal um but generally goats are pretty good at it uh goats that are bred to you know does that are pre- bred to appropriate uh bucks you know generally shouldn't have fetal maternal mismatch fetal maternal mismatch i haven't run into a lot in goats and generally happens i would say probably more commonly in the um small uh dwarf breeds nigerian dwarf goats uh pygmy goats that are bred to larger you know full-size dairy goats or meat breeds or whatever maybe those are unintentional breedings but uh if it happens you know being aware that that might have to go to a c-section is a good idea um also c-section probably more likely to occur um with like one large single fetus rather than multiples because multiples tend to be smaller. There's just not enough room in there for them to get as big. Um, Yeah, so as I started to say, there's some good diagrams out there. Normal kid presentation, both forelimbs forward, um, head first, face first with the feet coming out in frontwards diving position is the easiest and fastest way for those kids to come out. Easiest on the mom, easiest on the kids, and um, fastest for everyone involved generally. If they're all lined up diving out into the world, that's fabulous. Um, Also acceptable, both hind feet first, so not like coming in backwards totally fine um so hind hind feet outwards totally fine also a nice streamlined approach for those kids positions that you have to intervene in tend to be a true breach so a breach is not when uh kids hind feet are coming first i don't care if their hind feet are coming first unless they get like hung up somehow if the dough doesn't push enough or whatever if the if the baby is coming backwards um and its face is down inside the uh vagina and uterus um and for whatever reason if its abdomen is still in the pelvic canal um it is potentially compressing its umbilical cord which is its source of oxygen um and then it will try to breathe and it will inhale birth goo so um that's the only concern that i really have with hind feet first if i'm there and a doe is delivering a baby hind feet first i just help pull it out so it can uh get degooed um quickly and then be able to breathe um true breach is butt first um i have had some does that can squeeze a baby right out butt first and it's not a big deal uh otherwise you kind of have to go in there and intervene um if that baby is has its butt pushed up through the pelvis and is really wedged in there um there's no way you're going to get those back feet out um you do not i've never at least tried to flip a kid around um that's not something i would attempt with a breach um i think i've heard of people doing that but it's not what i'd recommend if you've got a butt in the way then um 
you got to push it back into the uterus and uh, use lots of lube and reach down there and find those hind feet and pull them up one at a time, uh, protecting the uterus from tearing uh, by cupping your hands over those feet. Whenever you're reaching into uh, the vagina and the uterus, you want to be scrubbing up. You can wear gloves um, and want to be using lots of lube and being aware of, like, can you tear the inside of the uterus? Yes, absolutely. Um, so you kind of want to avoid that. That's not not ideal. Um, the... Yeah, so breach, push the butt back in, scoop the feet up, pull the baby out. Um, If the the thing of uh, these kinds of dystocias where the wrong part of the kid starts to come up and become wedged in the pelvic canal is that uh, you got to push it back into the the uterus and and give yourself some room to manipulate that. You're not going to be able to move bony structures that are wedged between other bony structures. There's just not room for it. It doesn't happen. Um, that baby was just inside that uterus and there just was room for it. So you got to move it around and get it back in there and stick a bunch of lube in there and move the, move the pieces around so they can fit outwards. Um, other dystocia presentation, head back, ugh, my least favorite. Um, that's like the baby has just been developing with its head curled back. Um, sometimes that'll present with like a shoulder, um, coming up towards the, the pelvis and trying to come out. That baby is not going to get delivered that way. Uh, head back can be really frustrating because that's just like the way that baby's been sitting. And it's like, I want to stay like this with my head curved back. It's very annoying. Um, and you got to reach down there and get that head out. Um, head alone by itself can be a problem depending on the size of the animal. Uh, it may or may not easily, depending on the size of the fetus and the size of the doe, have I seen does squeeze out head first babies without a second thought? So those are like going face first, like belly flop with the forelimbs back. Is it possible? Yes. Um, is it better to get at least one forelimb up as far as like the streamlined nature of the shape of the body? Yes. Uh, sometimes we can get heads out and they get stuck that way because then the shoulders and the front of the chest are too wide, um, just based on the position of the scapula and the humerus. Um, they just doesn't, doesn't quite fit. So getting at least one forelimb out changes the diameter of that, uh, fetus that needs to come through the pelvis. Um, and that's another one where the head, my own doe this year did this to me. And I was like, poppy. Um, she had had, I think the first one was a breach. So I'd already been in there messing around. And then she had one that came out the right way and then popped a head right back out. And it was a good sized doe kid. Um, and the, the poppy's like one of my favorite does. She's such a pain in the butt. She's a princess and she's kind of salty, but I like her. Um, so the, her, uh, last doe that she delivered this year, um, came out head first and kind of gave it a tug to see if I could get it to just come. And I couldn't, so had to push it back in, pull that forelimb up and, uh, 
get it out. I can't remember if that was the last baby she had or the first one, actually. I don't remember. It was a little stressful. Maybe it was the first one. It, it is harder when if you have a multiple birth, um, like if you have triplets and the first one's a breach, it's more difficult to reposition that kid because there's not as much room to manipulate stuff in there. You got, oh, you just have you, the space inside the abdomen is limited. Things can stretch, things can move around, um, certainly more than they can once they're up in the pelvis, but um, you only got the space that you got. Um, so I had to shove that head back in there, reach an arm and pull it out. Um, the concern for that again is the same thing of like, you've got a head out and a baby that has like maybe tried to take some breaths of real air and you can't assess whether the umbilical cord is still attached and providing oxygen to the baby. And there's also probably a greater risk of aspiration if it's already trying to breathe. And then you have to shove its head back into, um, the uterus full of lube and birth goo. So that can be a little stressful where you need to try to make that manipulation quickly. Um, yeah. Um, dystocias, you know, I guess other things that can lead to a C-section, uh, things like, um, you know, fetal maternal mismatch. I already talked about that. Baby's too big for the pelvis. Um, that absolutely is cause for a C-section. There's no other way that baby's going to come out. Um, if the baby is dead, I guess this is not a super pleasant thing to talk about. Um, if the fetus is already dead for whatever reason, um, sometimes there can be a judgment call to perform a fetotomy versus a C-section. Um, if the fetus is dead and it's not able to come out for whatever reason, um, also a like, kind of side note is that dead fetuses don't want to get delivered. Um, they don't have any muscle tone. They don't want to position themselves in a comfortable way. Um, it is definitely more challenging to deliver dead, uh, fetuses, but, um, the, thing to say about that, um, other thing to say about that is if the fetus is dead, then you have the option to perform a fetotomy, which is to, um, no nice, easy way to say to cut, uh, the baby, you know, cut a limb off the baby, cut the head and neck off the baby. So you're able to have more room to manipulate it and get it out. Um, have I done that in the past? Yes. Is there probably a lesser risk to the dough doing that than a C-section? Yes. Because you have a lesser risk of contaminating the abdomen. Um, what else have I got? Uh, I don't have, I have three minutes left, so I don't have a lot of time to talk about what people call ring womb or um, failure of the cervix to dilate. Have experienced this, have not ever had to do a knock wood, have not yet in my life needed to do a C-section because of failure of the cervix to dilate. This is a poorly understood phenomenon. I'll have to talk about it more some other time. Um, if the cervix doesn't dilate enough to get the baby out, then you got to go to a C-section. Um, are there things that you can try to do to get the cervix to open up? Um, yes, but, uh, I've been hearing some kind of scary stuff on the internet lately about people putting, uh, luta lace on a glove and trying to put that inside the vagina and apply it to the cervix. Um, that scares me. <laughs> um, that's not going to do anything, uh, and potentially is dangerous for any person that then could contact their skin to that, uh, 
that prescription medication. Uh, so please don't do that. Uh, again, I don't really have time to get into that too, too much at, uh, in the two minutes that I've got here. But, uh, in my experience, when I have had a, a dough that's, you know, maybe labors a little bit slow, um, I go in there vaginally and can feel the cervix and it's not quite open yet. Um, just manipulating the cervix with my fingers and Devin's gotten quite good at this too. He's like, oh, it's tight in there and going in there with your fingers and spreading your fingers and rotating your hand um, to put some pressure on that cervix and encourage it to open up absolutely can... Uh, cause it to open up. I've had my hand in a cervix like that and all of a sudden felt it just melt away, which was pretty wild. Um, the pressure, the continued pressure of the fetus up against the cervix tends to, uh, help the change in the, in the uterus and in the cervix to have it widen up and open up and have the babies come out through it. Um, does sometimes, sometimes does it not work and it needs a C-section? Yes. Maybe it happens more in sheep from what I hear from other vets than in, uh, than in goats, not knockwood. Now I'm probably, you know, next time I talk about something like this, I'm probably going to have, uh, you know, a bunch of ringworm that I'm going to have to deal with <laughs> at some point. Uh, I have 56 seconds left, so I think I'm out of time. Uh, I hope this was some a quick whirlwind, uh, helpful information. Uh, the takeaway from a dystocia is that the baby's got to come out. Use lots of lube, assess where what, what body parts you're feeling, and uh, go from there. That's going to do it for the moment, and I will talk to you guys next time. Meh. <laughs>